Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are, Father John, Father Nathan Goble. It is 5 o'clock here in the Mile High City, Littleton, Colorado, and uh, Father Nathan and I are sitting a little closer because we have to share a microphone because... We have a special guest with us today. In, in fact, the real Brian Larkin is with us. Father Brian Larkin, why don't you say hello? Greetings and salutations. Father Brian Larkin here to redeem himself, his personality, and uh, his character after, uh, well, about 192 episodes whereby we have uh, blasted him and mocked him and right. talked about how he would never be on the podcast, and here he is. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. I've Thanks. now listened to three... Catholic stuff podcast. We are deeply honored by that. Yeah. I think all three I was roundly mocked. Yes, I think you were. Did you listen to the one? Did you listen to the one where uh, I was you? That was the first one. I was forced to listen to that, and I still have people today uh, who think I have a British accent, which this is my real voice. I do not have a British accent, amazingly enough. That is true. And speaking of Father Nathan Goble, a.k.a. Big Tuna, we, uh, <laughs> I want to raise a glass today because uh, tomorrow... Father Nathan turns 32 years old, so I want to offer a toast here. Here's to the man who pushes all the limits but never breaks the rules. The man who hates people but loves persons. Gentiani. Gentiani. Oh, look at that. Italian. That's right. So Father Nathan's turning 32 tomorrow, and uh, then he's off to fish with the boys. In uh, Are you staying in Illinois or are you going Kentucky. to Kentucky? My, excuse me. Kentucky. He's going to Kentucky. He's going fishing with his dad. But uh, today, we don't want to waste our time talking, do we, Father Nathan? We want, or their time. Or their time. We want, to, we want uh, them to waste their time listening to Father Brian talk. So, uh, you want to introduce the topic for us today? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> Father John and I have been doing uh, some retreats together, marriage prep retreats. And what was it, um, a month ago, six weeks ago? We did a retreat for some marriage couples, uh, engaged couples, and... I give a talk on virtue. And so today we thought we'd talk about the relationship with Christian friendship and virtue, which none of us possess in the companions. But Why, why are you touching me? Oh, could you not do that? Sorry. I, I, I don't like sitting so close to him already. This is uncomfortable. So the elbow touch. My right. sister used to do that when she was a little one. She'd touch our elbows and our ears. So if you go for my ear, I'm going to freak out. Does he ever like grab the skin and pinch it? That's right. A little pinch. Yeah. <laughs> Now he keeps Moving adjust on. he keeps adjusting his uh, his mullet right now. Sunit Seleski, our good friend, called him out on that. They were having a pizza at Chaos, our favorite pizza place, and he did this one little touch on the back of the mullet. And she goes, "Did you just do the black lady hair touch?" Hair yeah. pat. Hair pat. Yeah, that's right. So that's what you got to work with right now, unfortunately, as you yeah. try and talk about virtue. So it is Go tough. On. It's not, difficult. We're not used to going into content so quickly. I know. So I noticed the three ones I've been on. It's like. I keep wondering, you know, not that I've been on that I've listened to. I keep thinking, are, okay, when are they going to get to the actual topic? How'd that make you feel? Was it was that hard for you? No, it was good, honestly. I mean, I just thought it's different. It's lighthearted, but you guys have good content, you know. And what I for the listeners out there, what I usually tell these guys is, I don't listen to the podcast to redeem myself. Here's why: I hang out with these guys my entire life. I know, especially with Father John, I know everything you think about everything. That is true. And so I was telling him, I'm like, why would I listen to you in my car? That's right. We at one time, when was it, like two years in the seminary? We were two years in the seminary. We were driving to Montana, I think. 
and we, we, there was this pause in our car ride and I just looked at John and I said, well, that's it. That's it. We, we've, t- yeah, we said everything. We've there talked is about to say. everything and there is. And since that point, we continue to talk about things that are, um, I came across a word today, garrulosity. You ever heard that? Garrulosity. Like, like being garrulous. Garrulous. Yeah. Being garrulous. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's what I am. You? We, we talk. You are garrulous. Except Garrelous. when you're in Mexico. Except when I was in Mexico. The three of us in Mexico, I was uh, the silent, quiet, awkward one. Well, Big Tuna here was up on the tables <laughs> singing Shakira songs. It's true. They were throwing, throwing dinero at him. It's awesome. They loved it. So anyways, back to virtue. So back, back to, to virtue. Christian friendship. Back to friendship. So, but I do feel like I need to clarify just two more points here. Uh, I don't have a British accent. And number two, I have like one Indigo Girls song, and we don't ever listen to that. And uh, so... These guys are regularly kind of berating me, but if you listen to this, you probably know not to listen to everything they say. Well, they, they certainly know that by now, but uh, there has been a lot of uh, Mindy Smith lately, so maybe not Indigo Girls. I do but, like uh, Mindy Smith, yeah. but uh, yeah, so, she's yeah. good. So anyways, Christian virtue. So Christian virtue. So so the main thing I wanted to get to today, and uh, it's an important topic, you know, enough, a lot of um, people today don't understand this. Uh there was a lot of talk like in the nineties, uh, which is a great decade about values and people today, they, they talk about what do you value and we need values in schools and we need values in families and that's good and fine. Uh, but one of the problems today is that people don't know what virtue is and there's a big difference between a value and a virtue because people can have all the right ideas and you know, they can want to go in the right direction, but, uh, virtue is really something that if they don't have that, they're not going to make it. Right. Uh, and, uh, so let me ask you, father, father John Neppel, like, how would you define a, a virtue? How do, you did this to my marriage prep couples and humiliated them. Yeah. Uh, I would define a virtue as a habitual disposition to do the good. Yeah. That's very good. Very, yeah. very but virtues are not a habit. You would say virtues are not a habit. They're, they're beyond that. They, a habitus is the way Thomas defines it. I was reading this recently. I don't really particularly understand it, but it was, it's not just something you repeat. You know what I mean? It's about the, the soul being disposed to joy. Right. What is it? Joyfully, spontaneously. You'll probably get into right. this. Yeah. Well, I won't go too deep into those things, but yeah, that's right. Cause there's a lot of habits. I have a lot of habits, you know, right. like, uh, looking at Italian flashcards while I'm driving, which right. today I was scolded by my fraternal group, my Same. brothers here. So that's a habit. Right. You know, but, but I do think the, the basic thing I think most people need to come to is like the big distinction, right? Is that you can have a great uh, goal in life and you can want to be there. But if you don't have uh, the character, then it's kind of like me. Like I joke about this with my, the folks in my parish sometimes. Uh, I am a very fine physical specimen, right? But we, we know that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> But if I want, if I go to the gym tomorrow and if I want to bench press, uh, you know, let's say, uh, 300 pounds and I just walk in and I haven't been doing bench press. If I wanted to do that tomorrow, it's going to be an epic failure. Right. Right. Uh, much to my chagrin. And so you can desire to bench press through 300 pounds, but if you don't actually have the, the muscle to get there, you know, it doesn't do you any good. And this is really what, where virtue is so important is that you can value all the right things. I can value being a great Christian. I can value being a father or a good priest. Uh, 
but just desiring to be those things doesn't make them happen. Right. And I, th- I was thinking about that in light of our marriage prep um, retreat, which we did. Every every person in that room, every person who gets married, like values kind of the goods of marriage. Like, right. you know, this would be a good time. But it's the it's the failure of virtue, you know, that's right. going to lead to the breakdown. Right. And so all these couples, you know, every, everyone grows up and they think, I'm going to be a great husband or I'm going to be a great wife or mother or father. But it doesn't just happen. We have over 50% of couples getting divorced today. And that was my main point in, uh, to the couples, right, is that if you are a person who you can have all the right things you desire, but if you've trained yourself to be selfish, uh, to have cowardice, to be untruthful your whole life, all of a sudden you, you're not just going to become a person who's the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, C.S. Lewis, do you guys ever read quotes on this? I know it's probably faux pas, but... We don't ever actually research for this. You don't yeah, actually yeah. research. No, there's a shocker. And uh, I usually just like plagiarize people's <laughs> like thought as my own. So. Yeah. Well, I printed off a quote here from uh, C.S. Lewis. And I, I won't read the whole thing because it's too long. But he says, every time you make a choice, you're turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses into something a little different from what it was before. And taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, all our life, all your life, you are slowly turning the central thing either into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature, either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself, or into one in a state of war and hatred with God and its fellow creatures. And itself. And I think the point, here's the thing with, that, with virtue, right? Is that friendship, this is really the, what we started with, Christian virtue and friendship, or Christian friendship and virtue. Aristotle, you guys, I heard you mention this on one of the three podcasts I listened to, you mentioned this. There's, according to Aristotle, there's three types of virtues. Now, Father Nathan Goebel, let's, let's, let's put the onus on you. Here you go, there's the microphone. Here we go. Father Nathan Goebel, what are the three types of virtue or of friendship according to Aristotle? Oh, friendship? Yeah. Um, friendships of... Uh, pleasure, mm-hmm. friendships of utility, and friendships of virtue. Yeah, or true friendships. You just that's them. correct. You did ding it. ding ding. I'll clear the category. Yep. You're so smart. He's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> and the point is, I think here's the thing I really want to get to today. Right? It's like you may desire to be a good friend of someone, right? But what Aristotle says, like, so friendships of pleasure is when. You and I enjoy doing something together. We have pleasure in each other's company. So uh, you can have drinking buddies. Uh, I always think of my... Podcast with. Podcast buddies who you drink (laughs) with. Uh, I always think of my older brother, Sean. And he had buddies from high school and college who they went rock climbing together all over the the, the country and even outside the country. And... uh, And so they would go climbing all over the place and they had a good time together, but their friendship was based on climbing. And if you, if you're no longer interested in climbing, the friendship ends. Right. right? And so the first kind of friendship is pleasure. The second kind is utility. Right. And so, uh, what would be a good example of friendship? utility? Like, you, you have anything off the top of your head? An army of melancholic slaves. That's what I usually talk about, <laughs> right. you know, to serve my purposes as a choleric. Um, yeah, our friend Mark Gallick was referencing that over a beer yesterday, who also likes Battle Beasts. Thank you. Rumble Redemption, buddies. Rumble Buddies. Yeah, so just that I think of like um, 
the temptation for like people in the business world, you know, we're networking, right? We're, we're in relationship, but it's really about, yeah. we're and even like good people, like the young Catholic professionals group that you're a chaplain for great yeah. people. Great thing. The temptation though is, uh, what are we about here? Are these just friendships of utility, which again, they're not, they're not bad. They're a different right. form of friendship, right. but it's just, you know, there's the exchange of goods of relationship, things like that. I see it also like in terms of, uh, quit doing that. Come uh, on, you got to talk louder. I, I see it in terms of um, the, like, we used to have a kid that had a pool in our neighborhood, and I wasn't actually friends with him, but he had a pool. <laughs> so it was like, on those days when it was really hot, it was like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Like, is everything okay? Like, really hoping that, you know, everything's going great for you. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting ready to get in the pool. Oh, would you mind if I joined? You know? So, like, not only is there, like, pleasure in that, but it's also like, I'm using that person. But it would also be like if I had battle beasts and I was like, I will trade you my time like playing my video games or battle beasts or whatever else if you'll let me use your pool. And that continues still where it's just like this person happens to have Bronco tickets and it's like I run, you know, a daycare or something. And it's like, oh, great. Like if you, if you drop your kid, this is hypothetical. <laughs> If you drop your kids off at the daycare, that's great. But like, I kind of hope that you repay me with one of the Bronco tickets. Right. I got pulled over by a state trooper. Did I tell you this story? I don't know if you did. Uh, on Monday night, I was flying through what? a uh, construction zone between Edwards and um, and Vale, coming back from seeing Sarah Bloom, your friend. And uh, I was just flying, probably 20 over. And the cop pulls me over, and I'm not in clerics. And he goes, what were you possibly doing? And I was like, to be quite honest, I was trying to speak Italian to myself with the gestures. I wasn't paying attention. And he goes, that's really weird. Give me your license. And he hands to me, sees my ID. And he goes, are you a Catholic priest of the diocese? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I'll be right back. And I was like, this is either going to be really good or really bad. But I saw his tag, O'Brien. And I was oh, like, yeah. yes. Irish Catholic. Irish. So we have a friendship of utility now because uh, he feels good because he let a priest off. And I'm happy that uh, he got me off. And so I, I've actually... You know, I want to call his office and say, this guy's awesome. You know? Yeah. Friendship of utility. Amen. Well, Brian, see, the Irish aren't too bad. The Irish, you know, save civilization. That's right. Uh, but I think, and I think the big point, right? The third one is true. And, and the big point Aristotle makes, I'm sorry, I'm actually trying to bring content right here. Don't, don't watch what he's doing with his stomach. Okay, I'll try not to. <laughs> That's a rumble buddy. <laughs> I don't even know what rumble buddies are. Okay, sorry. It's probably a good thing. Uh, the real point, I think, is that here's the thing. Everyone wants to be a, a true friend, right? And the great thing about a true friendship is it contains both utility and pleasure within it. Right. So so true friendships have, uh, they're pleasurable, right? Like if you have a true friendship with somebody, you actually still, you, you enjoy it. You derive pleasure from that friendship. Uh, so it's not like you lose that. You also, there are useful things in it. Uh, you help each other out in different ways. But true friends love each other for their own sake. And here's the kicker. And here's what I really wanted to get to. And I think this has been such an important thing in my life. It really changed my life. When I was at college with Father Jason Wunsch, uh, him and I both encountered this uh, in a focused Bible study and really rocked us was that we really learned that you can't be a real friend to someone if you don't have virtue. Because really loving someone means helping them to be who they're supposed to be. And you can only do that if you're virtuous. Uh, and so the reason why, like on our marriage retreat, what Father John and I talk about with these couples is, you know, everybody thinks you're going to have a great marriage. 
and they intend that and they, they get that like real special feeling, you know, right above like their, I don't know, third rib on the left <laughs> and they have that warm tingly feeling, whatever. Right. And for some reason they say, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is going to make us different because we really, really feel like we're in love. Right. Oh, well the, the couple who got divorced 10 years and they didn't feel like they were in love. Right. And what makes it different is whether or not you have virtue. If you're a virtuous person, you develop the habits and the more than habits, right, in your life that make it possible for you to love someone in a real way, right? If you've been selfish your whole life, like for all you guys out there in probably in Kentucky, drinking bourbon, where you listen to this podcast and playing video games, right? Like if you train yourself your whole life to just do the things that you want to do, it becomes really difficult to serve others. You have to learn to drink bourbon while you're serving others. That's, while that's you're serving kind of the, others. That's, and that's what we're going for. Agreed. Agreed. No, it's true, though. It's like, uh, uh, it's just an inherently, uh, inherent to men. You know, it's just funny to think about, it, like, video games. It's just like, I've never met a woman yet who's just, like, a diehard gamer, you know? Right. But with guys, it's really just this, like, it's the form. Not that women don't have it, but it's the form for us to just, like, just check out. Who cares? It just doesn't matter. Yeah. And you can see that, that, yeah. And women have their own, right? It's like, there's different ways that we all can be selfish, but it doesn't, the point I think is it's not easy to be virtuous. You have to choose that. And it's an interesting dynamic. And we've seen this in companions life, I think, is that you have to choose to be virtuous on your own. And so there's this, there's this dynamic, right? Between a person and communion. Like in some ways, there's times in your life you have to choose to make hard decisions, to, uh, become courageous and temperate and just uh, and prudent. And if you do that long enough, it creates this capacity for communion. It makes it so it's actually possible mm-hmm. to have a depth of relationship mm-hmm. to someone. Like I joke about, I don't know if you guys ever do this in like preaching, like people sometimes, there's there's a communion I call the communion of couch potatoes. You know, and I'll date myself, which I frequently do, but it's like, I think it's like when I was in high school, you know, you've got the girls who like the depth of their friendship is like, oh my gosh, did you see friends last night? Like it was so amazing. And Ross did this or whatever. But that's it. Like that's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with friends. You know, you yeah. and I talk about Seinfeld sometimes. All the time. Yeah. So, Seinfeld's a great show. Here's my question for you, if I can change it Please. a little bit. Um, what What is the difference between, because there's a lot of people who are not Christian who are still striving for virtue, right? right. I think we're living in a post modern time which means we've moved beyond we're, we're after virtue you know right, like but McIntyre. there's yeah mcintyre's book um but i think that there's still a lot of people who are like i, re- I want to be a good person i work at it there's not i mean a lot of people say that and actually don't but there are people who do so my question is what's the difference between natural man pursuing virtue the pagan and a christian pursuing virtue right. Gosh, what's the relationship that's, question. that's and you know if any of our our, our bright friends who are christians listening they're gonna probably be horrified here but I would say, you know, like I was reading a book. Um, oh, what was it called? It was called. Um, oh, it's about Freud and Christianity. I forget the name. Oh, of the it. triumph of the therapeutic. Yeah, the triumph of the therapeutic. And the the author in there talks about how I think the real question he says is that really what Aristotle says is if you're virtuous, you're supposed to be like insanely happy. Mm-hmm. And one of the big questions becomes that never seems to happen. Even with like these really, you meet these insanely natural virtuous people. Like I remember Will Denman. I dated yeah. his little sister and I waited till he went to college to ask her because nice. I was too nervous, but that was way back when. But anyway, Will was like insanely virtuous, but no one seems to be like just totally happy. And I think in some ways 
right? Like, like what is the difference? A Christian, like the virtues are redefined in Christ, I would say. Uh, humility, you know, you talk about like humility wasn't a really a virtue before Christ. Yeah. Um, chastity, they also will say oftentimes that, that in the ancient world, chastity really wasn't valued. Uh, that really that becomes a Christian virtue. And so I think that, and let me, here's my, and I want to throw it back at you guys and see what you have to say about this. I think what I would say about Christian friendship versus or, um, virtue versus natural virtue is that for Aristotle and for the natural human being, right? If you're a natural person out there, you're just kind of living life, you're trying to be happy, virtue is the answer. The Christian, I think, in the coming of Christ with the theological virtues, for a natural person, you would never ever dream of having friendship with God. Mm-hmm. And I think in Christ and the incarnation, uh, there's there's an infusion, right? There's faith, hope, and love that actually begin to make it possible for us to have a friendship with God. And for Aristotle, that would have been crazy. So I don't know. What do you think? That's that's kind of my off the go ahead answer. Thoughts, Father Nathan. I uh, the first thought it just echo what you just said. It's just for the Christian, natural virtue is still natural because yeah. grace builds on nature. So it's not like it doesn't change. But there's no. Um, how do I say this? Like uh, it, it's reoriented towards in, in its breath. It's kind of filled out completely. Right. Thomas always talks about it. Every, you're kind of like in the dark, so to speak, uh, with your reason, with your will, because of the effects of original sin. So you, you can't just become the perfectly naturally virtuous guy. That's like you're saying. Right. There's always something kind of missing. So God comes and kind of gives the capacity to not only rehabilitate and strengthen our ability for virtue, but but to, to kind of bring it to its completion yeah. and virtue is not the purpose of being a Christian. Yeah. Virtue is the prerequisite to be free, right. to live in communion with God more deeply. Yeah, it's a means. Right? It's a means. Um, and certainly it's a means in the ancient world to the pagan, but I, I see it more as like Aristotle was a propedeutic um, to Christ, what choice. Christ gives us. Thank you. In, in its fullness, you know? Well, it, and let me say this. I mean, I don't know if we're, how we're doing on time here, but like, what about the, uh, usually I feel like Goldwell should be, coming in here and like, you know, cracking something. But uh what is Say it? Is, I always heard Gaudium et Spes Gaudium Spes was it twenty two or something? I, f- I always forget the numbers. Jesus Christ reveals man to himself. Right? And so maybe that's the answer in a sense. It's like Aristotle is like pursuing happiness, human flourishing. But at the end of the day, maybe we didn't even know what human happiness was yeah. until the coming of Christ. And in a certain sense, in him the man is revealed to himself, right? Like we didn't really even know what a human being really was until we saw Jesus, right? And I think the difference is, you know, for Aristotle, virtue is always at the service of eudaimonia, but if that word is not used. The word for happiness, right? Human is, flourishing, right? Is not used in scriptures. Right. It's, it's makarios, right? right. It's, it's beatitude. It's yeah. it's something beyond that. So it's an interesting, even in even in the Gospels, the the language they're using to describe the purpose of human life and true fulfillment is not just merely yeah. kind of flourishing in oneself. Yeah. Give us some thoughts, Father Nathan. Just so you know, all know, like I don't have headphones on and uh, the computer keeps doing this like weird thing where it's like, you should update this right now. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty much like doing, being the mom, like trying to get dinner on the table, like, you know, holding the kid and whatever else. And like, they're just in the den drinking bourbon. It's like, Honey, what do you think about that? I'm like, I don't care. Like, we're 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 off and running. Yeah, 
Seriously, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. That was deep. That was good. That's great. No, that's wonderful. I think we have just a few minutes left here. It goes quick, doesn't it? It does go quick. Do you have any any final thoughts? I was just going to say, you know, if you're listening to this and if you're you're someone who hasn't studied these things a lot, I think one of the main points, right, is that like, if you want to be a true friend to someone, you have to choose to be disciplined, right? You can't, you don't just become a really good friend and find a depth of friendship, you know, like we have, we have a lot of fun in the companions, you know, and like, it's a great group of guys. We're all very different, but I think the reason our friendship and the companions runs deep is because each of the guys has chosen, uh, to love God and to deny himself. Yeah. Right. And that makes it possible for us to have a depth of friendship. Now we're all messy. Yeah. You know, there's nobody in here that's perfect. I mean, Goble's close. Goble is close. He's close, but he's um, not. I, uh, his hair is pretty close. His hair is pretty close. And tying into that, you know, um, one of the things I see when people are like, when I first had my conversion, I was really trying to be virtuous. And one of the problems is that if you try and create virtues, like idealize them, like they become these ideals that are not concrete. And it's like, Oh, that's what it means to be faithful. You know, um, it gets, it gets weird. Yep. Virtue can only be found in human beings, right, in a you know, person. in Absolutely. a person, in a person, I should say, um, person's divine, angelic, uh, human. But like, if I want to know, um, if I want to learn the virtues of hospitality and thoughtfulness and generosity, I need to be around Father Nathan, right? Mm-hmm. If I want to learn the virtues of intellectual discipline, apostolic zeal, I need to be around you. Yeah. And that's part of the thing with, with community is if you're trying to grow in virtue and just, you think that you can just bliss out in prayer and, become all the different kinds of virtue that you think is right to you. It's yeah. you're staying in this kind of system and it's not real. Right. You have to be with people who embody the virtues that you desire to be. Yeah. And that's what we're going back to that whole, it can't be like a robot. You right. know, it's like, and that's what I think the people like it has to be human. Like, I think maybe that's one of the main points, like, right. A virtuous person, actually, if you're around someone who's really virtuous, they're super relatable. They're yeah. fun. Yeah. They're great to be around. They're not someone who's like cold and like, oh my gosh, I can't hang out anymore because I need to go home and like whip myself. You don't have to make fun of Father Brady like that. I you know. know. I do love Father Brady. We love him. But but I think that's it. It makes you it makes you human. It makes you relatable. It makes you so you're someone who's actually easy to be around. Uh, it doesn't make you less human. It makes you more. Amen. Well said. And I would say that uh, virtue's only learned in the arena. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You can look. You can read all about it. You can, um, you know, study up on it, whatever else. You will not know whether or not you are an honest person, a just person, a kind person, a magnanimous person until you have, like, done that well in the, um, like, the community. Right. With other people's flaws and with other people's virtues. Because sometimes people are like, I'm really humble. But then (laughs) when they get around other people who are humble, they start to think... Well, I'm not as humble as they are, or I am more humble than they are, which is not humility or, you know, whatever it is. So I tell mothers, like sometimes mothers in the confessional will say, I'm totally impatient. And I tell a lot of mothers, I don't know if you guys do this. I tell them like, this sounds harsh. I used to tell them, I'm like, no, you actually never were patient. Like, cause they're like, they feel like they're like, father, I've lost all my patience. And I'm like, no, you probably never were patient. You just never had it tested. Yeah. And now you actually have it tested and it's actually being stretched in you. Right. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Laters. <laughs>